In honor of the release of Star Wars The Force Awakens, it's Ask Science Mike Mini. Welcome to Ask Science Mike Mini, a pint-sized version of the show where I answer just one question. We're doing this episode to tackle a Star Wars question in honor of The Force Awakens, and next week I'm going to do several of these episodes for Christmas because there's so many great Christmas questions in my inbox. But enough about that, we've got a tiny show to do, so let's get it started. Our question for this Ask Science Mike Mini comes from Steve, and he asks via email, Hey Mike, if lightsabers actually existed, what do you think they'd be made of? Would they be made of actual light or gamma rays or something else that would give them their properties? Thanks, and may the Force be with you. Well, to answer this, we have to start by looking at the properties of a lightsaber and then think about plausible ideas in physics that could describe that behavior. We're going to come up with a lightsaber hypothesis, or at least try to. So the first thing I'd notice about lightsabers is they cut through things quickly and easily. In the films, we see them with no effort whatsoever cutting through organic materials, mainly people's arms and legs, uh, but also small metal objects cutting the heads off droids, that kind of thing. And we also see that they have a ton of thermal output because Qui-Gon in episode one sticks his lightsaber into a very large set of metal blast doors and those doors start to heat up very rapidly. And that kind of behavior could be associated with something like a very strong laser or a high amplitude gamma emitter for gamma rays, which are a lower frequency version of electromagnetic radiation. And we use those in our technology here on Earth at this time. There are laser cutting torches that are used in industrial applications that can cut through large sheets of metal quickly and easily. And so that seems pretty plausible based on that first behavior. Now, there's a couple of problems. One, it would take a lot of power. Industrial lasers had to be connected to special power supplies and high voltage and high current power sources. So we're having to assume that Star Wars tech has some sort of unimaginably dense uh, energy storage that can fit in the handle or hilt of a lightsaber. Um, but there's another problem with lasers being a plausible explanation for lightsabers. And to see why, just look at a laser pointer. Uh, if you have a laser pointer and you aim it at something, it just goes. <laughs> it's, there's no end. There's no shape to it. And in fact, unless you shoot a laser through something cloudy, a fog or a mist, you can't actually see the laser until it strikes something. So that's kind of a problem for lasers as, as lightsabers. They just follow the inverse square law and, and you know slowly get less energy as they get further from the point they were emitted from. 
And that doesn't look like a lightsaber, even though high-energy lasers can cut like a lightsaber uh, depicted in the film and have a lot of thermal output, as we see in the film. So we have to strike lasers from the running here as a plausible lightsaber technology. Now, when I look at a lightsaber, it looks almost like um, someone's holding an energized tube of fluorescent light or neon. If you actually had a glass full of neon gas and you applied current to it, it would look a lot like a lightsaber. Uh, Now, it would be in glass, so if you struck anything with it, that glass would shatter and the effect would be ruined. Even though plasmas are, are hot enough to be electrically active and to have free electrons, they're not terribly dense at some points, especially not in fluorescent light, so they don't actually have that much thermal energy in aggregate. The individual atoms and molecules are moving very quickly and have a lot of thermal energy, but they're not especially dense. Now, you can have high-density plasmas. Uh, We can see that in the sun uh, or on Earth um, in fusion reactors where we contain plasmas with magnets And then you do have a lot of thermal energy enough to create nuclear fusion, in fact. Uh, And you can use magnetic fields to contain plasmas. Now, the sun uses gravity because it's massive. uh, But, you know, since plasmas are electrically charged, you can use magnets to contain them. And in fact, we're getting better and better at controlling magnetic fields using computers and creating increasingly sophisticated containers for plasmas using magnets but this would be really challenging from a handheld hilt the little handle of a lightsaber it's probable that uh, something like that's not even possible in physics you could certainly make a plasma charge or a plasma field contained in a shape like a lightsaber inside a chamber with a lot of superconducting magnets but i'm not sure it could ever be done from a handheld hilt but that's the least of the problem with a plasma-based lightsaber. Uh, Here's the really big ones. One is heat. So enough plasma to have the kind of energy to do what we see in the film would not only emit visible light, that would probably be brighter than what we see in the films, it would also release a ton of infrared radiation, which we call heat. And it would burn or maybe even vaporize the hand of its user if it had enough energy to do what we see in the film. So now we have to think uh, technologically, is there some way that they're not only containing plasma, but corralling photons and preventing these uh, infrared light uh, from coming out and heating the air surrounding the lightsaber? And I don't have any idea how you would do that in physics today. Uh, But that's not even the biggest problem with a plasma-based lightsaber. If you had two lightsabers, that somehow worked and solved those problems that contained a field of high-energy plasma, high-density, high-energy plasma in a space using magnets, they would not work like swords if you tried to have a lightsaber battle. They would pass right through each other. And so I think every lightsaber battle would end with two dead uh, sword wielders, a dead Sith and a dead Jedi, um, because you wouldn't have that ability to strike the other lightsaber. Um, The magnetic fields would just pass right through each other. There may be a disruptive capacity. Some of the plasma could leak. And uh, obviously, with the kind of energy levels we're talking about, that would be catastrophic for all parties involved. So here's the bad news. In physics as we understand it today, I can't actually think of any plausible way 
to make a lightsaber. None. You know, you can get increasingly elaborate uh, with these theories and ideas and, uh, you know, engineering capacities. But at the end of the day, as we understand physics, there's, there's no way to make a lightsaber. And that's not a big deal for Star Wars because Star Wars isn't science fiction. A lot of people think of Star Wars as science fiction, but a core property of science fiction, media, and literature is that there is an attempt to explain a plausible mechanism for story elements and things presented. So if you think about Star Trek, which is a popular form of science fiction, they work hard to explain how teleporters work and how warp drives work and how photon torpedoes work and how phasers work. And uh, so much so that one of my favorite books as a kid was the Star Trek technical manual where you had this very large volume that explained the technology behind everything you saw in the Enterprise D in Star Trek The Next Generation. And that's not how the Star Wars universe works because Star Wars is fantasy that just happens to be set in space. Most of the time when you see space in a book or in a film, it's associated with science fiction. But Star Wars is a fantasy piece, more like Lord of the Rings, where you see fantastic things that are just taken for granted by the characters in the media. Gandalf makes no explanation to explain the source of his magical powers in the same way that Star Wars makes no attempt to explain its hyperdrive or its lightsabers. (laughs) 